It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to the Red Review. Another week, another disappointing result for the Dons. Pressure surely starting to mount. I'm Alan Davidson and I'm joined as always by Dave Galloway to go through the weekend's disappointment. <laughs> and Dave, there's no other word for it really, is there? No, really, really poor. Um, failed to score against the team bottom of the league. When you looked at the looked at the formation, it looked like a four three three. Wilson, Cosgrove, and Gallagher all up top, and you can't score against the team that's bottom of the league. That's that's not an acceptable performance by any stretch of the imagination. We'll, we'll hear from the manager soon, and. He didn't really pull any punches either. He made it clear it wasn't good enough. We've always prided ourselves on having a type of old firm mentality, home and away, try to come away and have the best away record last season and you know, see the importance in each and every game. And uh, to me, if any of the players are pleased with themselves going back with 0-0 and it's not the worst result, maybe that would have been a good result for previous clubs. A draw feels like a defeat at Aberdeen and so it should and it felt it feels a bit like that. It feels a bit underwhelming with the whole performance. Um, I thought we were safe, I thought we were okay, but okay doesn't get the job done. Forward areas needed to be given us more. Um, we needed to pass quicker, we needed more intent, we needed more willing, we needed more quality. And for us to go and turn that one point into three points, we've got to go and ask questions more of the opposition, and we didn't do that. Today. So, well Dave, what's going wrong? What's happened to the free-flowing, expansive, attacking yeah. football that we saw, certainly against Chikura? Yeah. Um, in large parts against Hearts, three goals at home. Where's where's it all gone wrong? It's very difficult to put your finger on it. It's quite disturbing that Derek McInnes is coming out with what he's come out with there because he's saying that there were things wrong in attack. We weren't sharp enough in attack. Well, well, why not? It's the manager's job to to get to the bottom of that and to put it bluntly. If the players that he is um, fielding are not carrying out his instructions, then he's got to bring in other players who who will come up with the goods. Again, this for me feels like... I, I felt like we said it quite a lot last season. Flat. There was no intensity about it. There was no... Um, the St Mirren game a couple of weeks ago felt exactly the same. There was no urgency. It seemed to be that there were Aberdeen players looking around for someone else to make a difference. Yeah. It's fine. Somebody else will mm-hmm. do it. And there's a real. I'm really concerned that that is the attitude that's in our dressing room at the moment. I hope not. But it seems to be there are a lot of players looking around for somebody else to make the difference. Even the the game at Dens last week, up until the last five minutes, ten minutes at a push, yeah, there was no urgency. We were one 0 down going out of the cup, and it took us a long time to actually decide to wake up and yeah. kind of create some intensity about it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very early in the in the season. I'm not pressing the panic button just yet, but no goals in four of Aberdeen's last five games. That has got to be a major concern, especially when you look at the the squad on paper. It looks a a strong squad. The the quality certainly there. So there's something wrong somewhere, as as we've already discussed. Now, is it the attitude of the players? Is it? The manager's not getting his point across. Is it the manager's tactics are wrong? It, it's got to be something. Well, and here, here, the concern is, like you say, no goals. And at the moment, if Sam Cosgrove doesn't score, Aberdeen do not score. That, that's the issue. 
we're becoming very, very heavily reliant on one man. And there there should be, if you look at the, the players in that squad, there should be goals coming from elsewhere, but they're not. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you would think there'd be plenty attacking threat. I mean, like I said, Wilson, Cosgrove, and Gallagher start starting up front as a, as a front three on the bench. You had the likes of McGinn, Hedges, uh, McLennan, and Anderson. So, like you say, there's absolutely no excuse, none at all. No, and like we say, I think another negative to come out of the game is an injury to Scott McKenna, which doesn't help. We're already kind of a wee bit thin on the ground at the back with I, I still of the Devlin still not fully fit um, and that's now McKenna out as well Yeah, you, Mc- you would think yeah it, I mean it, you know the manager will give us an update on that in a moment as well but clearly the finger of blame for Big Scott's injury is pointed at the much maligned plastic pitch at Rugby Park He's slipped going into it and he's felt a, a tear in his hamstring. So you'd have to say, without knowing the result of the scan on Monday, then you'd have to say clearly a bit risk for next week and clearly at risk for the Scotland games. You know, I thought, again, just for a general and not for any reason for it, because the command up players are moaning more about the pitch than, than my players, but how they soak that pitch at half time and players slipping left, right and centre, it's... I thought it was I thought it was difficult to be honest. Um, it wasn't easy on on the foot for the players, and a lot of the players were were saying some similar. More the command up players, and I can see why they've um, they found that difficult. Yeah. I, need, I need to qualify what the managers just said there, the well, and um, he made it clear later on that he was not wanting to use the pitch as an excuse for the for the for the overall performance. I think we need to put that on the record. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it. We can't go down the music excuse. Same for both sides. Both sides playing on it. Um, and I think we've covered quite a bit that we both feel that artificial surfaces, especially one as poor as Kilmarnock's. Um, actually, I did see I saw highlights of the Hamilton Motherwell game, mm-hmm. and actually the the pitch at New, it's not New Douglas Park. What is it this week? Oh goodness knows. Um, <laughs> I, I I still call it New Douglas Park. It's it it changes every three weeks or whatever it is, um, but. But the, the, the surface yeah. there looks... I mean, you could be forgiven at first glance for not recognising that as an artificial pitch at New Douglas Park at the moment. It looks... It looks better. Green. Yeah. Well, the the, the Kilmarnock um, pitch, it, it's come in for a lot of criticism um, since the weekend, but it is actually a noticeable improvement in their previous pitch. The previous pitch was even worse. Yeah. It's. I mean, but that, that's the thing, isn't it? This is This is the good pitch. Yeah. And it's still useless. No, I mean it's 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 a joke, really. I mean, to be to be honest, I can understand the you know the the, the plus points of having a plastic pitch. It's because it can be used by the community. It can be used instead of building a a training base. I, I get that, but the, the bottom line is that you know that type of surface. It's fine for training on, but not for playing top flight games on and. You know, the football authorities in Scotland and indeed uh, internationally, they've only got themselves to blame for allowing these these plastic pitches. Now, well, Craig Bryson has also had his say on the surface at Rugby Park. I think to start the game when you water it, the ball moves like okay, but as it half goes on, uh, it dries out that wee bit and sometimes you don't actually know how the ball's going to bounce. Like if it's going through, like the first 10, 15 minutes, it'll skid on a wee bit. Then when it dries up, it just like kind of bounces up, so... Don't like it. Don't like it. I don't think it should be 
used in the top league in Scotland, to be honest. But yeah, it's one of them. Just got on with it. And same for both teams. Yeah, well, Bryson's saying there shouldn't be in the top flight in Scotland, and I can't do anything but agree with him. Yeah, I mean, it just it just it would not be allowed down south. It just absolutely wouldn't be. I mean, I know a couple of English teams um, did have uh, plastic pitches many years ago. I, th- I think it was from memory, was it Luton and Queen's Park Rangers, something like that. But uh, the English authorities uh, saw sense, they saw the light, and you know, for playing top flight games, it just it shouldn't be happening. But it is, and I think very very rarely you get a good game on a plastic pitch. Yeah. I think there, there's there are some there's sometimes entertaining games, but there's not good football. Yeah, there's there's never there's never really good games of football played on an artificial pitch. I think when you see the kind of the black pellets from the the rubber pellets from the pitch bouncing mm. up in the slow motion shots, and mm. it just looks tin pot. And this is at a time, Dave, where we're looking for a new sponsor for our league. Yes, well, it, it, here's, it, it here's the here, here's the the fact of it: games on Sky Sports on BT. Streamed around the world, and we've got horrible plastic pitches, unattractive football. That's not appealing to any nope. potential com- commercial investor. No, not at all. Because it, what it does do it adds weight to the the unfair theory uh, of down south and in other parts of the world that you know uh, Scottish football is a bit Mickey Mouse when they see stuff like that. You know they'll go. Huh, look at that pub league pitch, pub league football, and that's that's you know mud sticks. Exactly, exactly. And it's one of those that I will defend Scottish football mm. with all my might, but you can't defend the undefensible. No. Is that a word? Indefensible. <laughs> indefensible. Almost, almost. almost. You, you hit the bar there. Almost <laughs> there. Um, yeah, no, you, you can't. You absolutely can't. But you know. What what's what's going to happen next? Well, nothing's going to happen next because Scottish football, the authorities that run our game, they just shrug their shoulders at important issues and go, eh, oh well. But where have we gone from an association who had such stringent ground regulations that they saved the dons from relegation? Yes. Um, we had Cali playing at Pataudry for the longest time to get there, but now suddenly we're letting these horrible pitches in. Yeah, we're, no, we're, it's gone. I think all the the restrictions that were in place on stadium capacity and all seater and were probably wrong, but it's definitely it's gone too far the other way. Right, absolutely beggars belief. Um, the solution would be, I don't know what the solution would be. Could it be a case of, you know, maybe getting some sort of subsidy from the the TV companies? Is there any way of factoring in a, a, a deal like that? You know, if the if the clubs genuinely can't afford a proper pitch. Was it Ajax and PSV used Champions League money to pay for the other clubs in Holland to have their artificial pitches removed? Well, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, so uh, old firm, get loads of money. Come on. Well, they, they, Let's know, see your money. Let's get the plastic pitches kicked out. I know, I know we're <laughs> having a go at it here from an Aberdeen point of view, but the old firm like to sing quite loudly about how bad the plastic pitches are. Aye, we'll do something about it then. Where's where's the where's the tyranny money? Where's the twenty five million? <laughs> um, it's gone to replace the black hole that uh, has emerged after they didn't get through to the Champions League. I think more disco lights. Yes, disco <laughs> lights as well. You know, t- talking about getting your priorities wrong. I know it looks visually stunning, but you know what? Would they spend two or three million pounds on a, a lighting system? It is. The world's I- gone mad. 
I'm I'm having a go at pitches. I'm poking fun at disco lights. I'm doing it, Dave. We're having so, a go at everything. So we don't so we don't have to speak about the performance at rugby. Yeah, Park. it's anything anything to divert from what was a, a very turgid um performance. And when 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 we talk about the other games um uh, in a in a wee bit, then you know, I'll I'll have pleasure of Speaking about the game I was at, Ross County against Livingston, it was a, a terrific game of football. Um, the polar opposite, by all accounts, of what we had served up at, um, at at Rugby Park. And it's, you know, the eight or 900 Aberdeen fans who made the long journey down to Kilmarnock, um, they, they, they deserve a medal. I think they should get compensation for, for travelling hundreds and hundreds of miles to watch that rubbish, you know? <laughs> that was close. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say something else, but family, family show. I suppose. It, well, it yeah, is a, a podcast. I suppose I could have said it, couldn't I? We won't yet. Not yet. We'll save that till later. <laughs> save that for later in the season when we're really panicking. Maybe we should have like a a rant line. Let's have a rant line. I'm gonna get the Red Army can phone up and and say what they think. This form carries on. I'm getting you a swear box. <laughs> I think I think I should have a little bleep machine because there's a couple of times I have been uh, pretty close to saying uh, naughty words. No, so as we said, on to some of the other games, yes. Dave, and the predictor. And yet again, we proved we know absolutely nothing. We know um, <laughs> Scottish Football Association about um, yes. getting uh, score lines right. So, can I vaguely touch them. Hamilton Motherwell. How how did you get on with Hamilton Motherwell? Uh, Hamilton Motherwell, I went for one one. It was a, a, a an educated guess, but it got that you know spectacularly wrong. A, a terrific three uh, one win for Stephen Robinson's side because uh, to quote that cliche, um, Aki's ground is is not an easy place to go. Brian Rice has got them well drilled, so that's a very good result. No, and quickly both penalties. Correct. Yeah, I think so. The new handball rule being used properly for about the first time this season. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, it's not something you'll hear often on this show, but top marks the referee for spotting it. It yeah. was the slightest of touches, but it, his hands were up. It's a penalty. Yeah, it, it's not often. Um, you know, the refs. Well, the refs frequently get things wrong, but uh, on this occasion, I'll say yeah, correct. No, no points for me there either. I'd won one. Hmm. Hibs St Johnston, I had a 2-0 Hibs win. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I had, Alan. Uh, it was a, a Desmond, a 2-2. Um, great fighting qualities from St Johnston. You know, they've they've had their criticism this season and, you know, rightly so for some insipid performances, but they, they showed a bit of bottle, a bit of guts and a bit of desire to score late in the game to salvage a, a 2-2 draw. So, well done to Tommy Reitzman. Speaking of Tommy Wright, should he be on the naughty step? Should he be on the naughty step? When the equaliser went in, turning round and gesturing (laughs) towards the Hearts fans. We've we've had plenty of managers. Hibs fans, sorry. <laughs> oh, there might be, might have been some Hearts fans there. I don't know. Okay, we'll get to that one in a minute. He was no. turning and blowing kisses. He was he was turning and gesturing towards the home support. Is the point? Or or did he have family sitting up um, in the executive seats? And we've maybe his wife and kids were there. This this season, we've spoken enough already about gesturing and inciting mm-hmm. supporters of either the opposition or your own yeah if it wasn't St Johnston mm-hmm. if it was a bigger club the manager would have been pulled over the coals for it well I should, would should Tommy I would happily ask him directly if he wasn't um, ig- ignoring us all 
but that's no, a different story. That's a different story. That's a different story. Um, we just have to stand but, quietly just, just and a, not ask him any questions. Just, just, just a thought <laughs> that um, obviously it, it's been a bit of a, a kind of subject of debate yep. this season, and surely there were no ill consequences of it. Um, the reason I was saying hearts when I said that is because I was thinking back to Neil Lennon oh, yes. at Tynecastle when yes. he did exactly the same thing and was struck by an object and there was felt like a lot of I mean I'm happy to blame Neil Lennon mm-hmm. for everything um, but it felt like there was a lot of blame pointed at Neil Lennon in that incident mm-hmm. because he'd turned round and gestured and Tommy Wright did exactly the same thing. I, I guess it's the type of gesture and how inflammatory it is. I, I I would think that blowing kisses is very low down the scale of yep. severity. I, I think what Lennon did was perhaps more um, inflammatory. Did he not cup his hands to his ears Some, or something but like I would, that? I, I would go with, in terms of... and I haven't seen the rule written down and I haven't bothered to look for it, mm. to be honest, Dave. But... <laughs> I'm not going to be bothered, could I'm, you? I'm nothing if not honest. Um, yeah. But I would imagine there is no where in the rule is they're written that what the gesture is is taken into account. It's gesturing towards the, the opposition support. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just putting that out there. I think also, that's a fair point, I think also that um, the fact that there were, there were no objects thrown at Tommy Wright, it's because it's Tommy Wright, you'd have to be very, very brave to do anything like that to him because you might not last long afterwards she'd come after you <laughs> messing with big Tom so on to the game you were at Dave um, obviously no we're not going to mention Kamarnock Aberdeen because we all had Aberdeen wins and we know what happened uh, Ross County Livingston what a game uh, what a terrific performance by Livingston you know I'm sure Ross County their co-managers would have said to them, Ferguson and Kettlewell, they would have said, don't do anything daft, don't give any early goals away, get the first goal and then impose yourselves on the game. Goal down after three minutes, 2-0 down to Livy after 13 minutes, 3-0 down at home to Livy after 26 minutes, effectively game over. They got what proved to be a consolation goal almost on the stroke of half-time and then seven minutes or so into the, the second half, um, Magnificent uh, goal by Jack Stobbs, who was making his debut on loan, the winger from uh, Sheffield Wednesday. They eventually won four-one, but I have to point at the, um, I have to praise as well the the Livingston uh, Twitter account, um, and you, you have to see it to believe it. Jack Stobbs just thunder twatted a rocket straight into the top pokey. Get that picked right out, four-one. Thunder twat. I've never heard that. <laughs> I mean, did Alan Partridge write that? Oh. Thunder twat. You know? That's, that's, up, that's up there with one of my favourite Scottish football Twitter moments of the week. Isn't wow. that amazing? But, you know... Uh, but Joe, it, was a, it, it, it was a spectacular hit, actually. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't a fluke. They, they knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, I mean, some of their, their one-touch play was uh, terrific because the goal stemmed... It was a brilliant breakaway goal, but it stemmed from a Ross County attack. So, yeah, very poor defending, naivety, um, bad positional sense by Ross County. But uh, if, if you want to watch uh, the goals, folks, um, you know, just watch out for that fourth Livingston goal. It, it, was, it was a thing of beauty. Absolutely terrific. So now we're all <coughs> drooling over how brilliant Livy are at a Ross County win. 
Yeah, I had uh, I had two 0 Ross County because <laughs> because they made they've made a solid start to the season. You know they 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 had done they had done well. Okay, they were smarting from a uh, a defeat the previous week in the uh, in the cup in the league cup to party thistle. But what an incentive for a Ross County win this last weekend because if they'd won, albeit temporarily, they would have gone top of the league and they they blew it. The big style. Well, and I, that's it. I didn't see, did not see no. Livingston scoring four up at Digwall. Not at all. Um, not I don't. At all. I don't see many sides scoring four up in Digwall this season. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I said to the the, the Livy manager after the game, and you know he he agreed. I said, you know, that must give you a lot of satisfaction. There's very few teams are going to go up to Dingwall. Difficult place to go and 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 score four goals. So well, well done, Livy. And then on to Sunday's games, St Mirren at home to Rangers. I had a 3 0 mm-hmm. Rangers win in this one. Yeah, I I had three one. I thought it would be, you know, very comfortable. They had so much possession, but they seemed to lack totally a cutting edge until uh Barisic stepped up with an absolutely uh, sensational, sublime uh, free kick to, to settle matters just before the, the hour mark. Um and that, that was the only goal of the game. Um Rangers unconvincing by and large, but you know, if you're going to win titles and challenge for titles, you've got to you've got to grind out wins, and you know that's what they did against a, a very hard-working and you know workmanlike uh, St Mirren team. No, oh, and St Mirren under Jim Goodwin, I think being as we expect them yeah. to be, very difficult to score against. Yeah, they, very, you know, very they, tight at the back, very well organised. Jim, um, Jim, Jim Goodwin has got them, uh, you know, very well organised, and they did they did have uh, one or two chances. There was right at the end a golden opportunity for the striker. Ball flashed across goal, and he 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 mishit it completely, and it just kind of trundled into the keeper's arms. That you know you'd have bet your mortgage that was going to be a goal, and that would have been the equaliser, and that would have been St Mirren grabbing a point. But you know, it it, it we've said this for so many uh, years, haven't we, Alan? It, if you're going to get anything against the old firm, you've got to take your chances. Absolutely, and well, on to final game of the weekend: Celtic at home to Hearts. Celtic. I think fans unconvinced after Cluj and Dunfermline mm. looked better in midweek against AIK, but there's always that chance, and I think Celtic have been in the last few seasons suspect of a Euro hangover. None there on Sunday. No, no, none at all. Very, very, very routine. They were, um, I think, just one nil up at half time, eventually winning three uh, one. I, I, I said three um, nil, and it, and, it, and it very nearly was that with um, Hearts. Um, Missing a penalty, but then scoring scoring on the rebound. Uh, good to see the debate over who who actually scored the goals. <laughs> that 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 was an interesting one. No, I had three one there, Dave. Yeah, I had three one. That's a three pointer for me. Oh, you did have three one. I had three one Celtic. I I I had three nil. So. I was um, so nearly right. And Lennon with Fraser Forster straight back in goals. Yeah, that's I, a, I, I, that's, that's a, a real statement of intent from Celtic going out and getting uh, Forster. Well, when you've when you've got, I think two fairly decent keepers in Bain and Gordon. Yeah, so they've got three very good goalies, but I I can't see all three of them sticking around. I really well, can't. Obviously, I think Craig Gordon getting on a bit may want to play some football. Mm. Scott Bain, I think would put. If Scott Bain's totally honest with you, mm-hmm. I think Scott Bain didn't. He went there expecting to be sitting on the bench. Yes, so he he may hang about and sit on the bench yeah. anyway. I I can see maybe Craig Gordon. Um, if, if eventually leaving, or will he just uh, count down his contract, which will be you know very lucrative? Yeah, I thought so. Might just sit on the bench. 
So for the Red Army this week Matt Finlay took on the predictor Dave And you caught up with him earlier Okay Matt let's have a look At uh, the predictions that you gave me On uh, Friday um, I don't think any of us have done uh, Well at all But let's uh, let's start with Hamilton Against Motherwell Now you said 1-1 uh, It was actually 3-1 to Motherwell So a, a great victory for the well no, absolutely. Yeah, um, the, the derby, the North Lancashire derby, is always an interesting one because I always think that Hamilton, you would think, would raise their game, but um, when the penalty goes in, which I, I still think was a little bit harsh on the boy on the boy Hamilton, um, when that goes in, they're down to ten men, and then uh, obviously Peter Hartley convert, uh, sorry, Donnelly converts it to make it two 0 and then um, it's kind of it's they were chasing. I thought I was really impressed with Motherwell. In fairness, I think that they've got they've assembled got a good team this year. Um, and they made an alright start so um, yeah I, I think that it was a well deserved victory in the end Hibs against St Johnston uh, you said 3-1 Hibs and it was actually 2-2 St Johnston showing a bit of uh, guts to come back and, and snatch a late equaliser yeah no they did Yeah, right in the last kick of the ball I think 93rd and 94th minute so um, fair play to Tommy right side you saw the celebrations at the end it was a really good uh, Really good point for them and important given the start that they'd made a couple of weeks ago at Celtic Park. Hibs will be very disappointed again to 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 lose it from it from from the taking the lead. So um, they'll be frustrated. But uh, I wasn't far off again. If uh, Hibs had got the if Hibs had held on, I would have got a point in there. But it uh, wasn't to be. So yeah, two two. So near, but yet so far. <laughs> uh, game of the day, certainly scoreline of the day. Ross County. Uh, Livingston, you said 1-0 Ross County and it was 4-1 Livingston. I was actually at the game. Uh, Livingston were absolutely superb. Yeah, no, you saw it with the, the quality of the goals. I mean, uh, I was just sitting, just seeing the, the scores coming through on my phone on Saturday afternoon and it was, was 3-0. So, what's going on here? Like, uh, but no, fair play to Livingston. I think it's their first win in, uh, away win in a year. I think it's run, run about to the day, so they'll be delighted with that. Um, Ross County, I think it's a bit of a reality check, to be honest, on like how difficult the the Premiership can be, and um, these results uh, do do happen. Um, they they battled back, but um, no, I mean, as you said, you were well placed to say that Livingston deserved the win. And it says a lot about the job that Gary Holt has done. Oh, for sure. I mean, last year they they were expected to be, especially the start they made with the fact Kenny Miller was gone within weeks of taking the role um, he's come in and done an unbelievable job but I was very, very impressed with them last season um, particularly the games I saw them against Aberdeen um, they were very strong but uh, they'll, uh, they'll they'll take confidence from this and you know, there's you wouldn't really say that there's a, a definitive uh, favourite to go down given the start that some teams have made but um, Livingston will fancy their chances to, to consolidate their position again Let's just jump to Sunday, look at uh, the old firm. St Mirren Rangers, um, you went for 2-0 Rangers and it was in fact uh, 1-0 Rangers. I guess all that matters is though that they, they got the three points. Yeah, no. Um, just going by what I've seen on the sports scene, um, and kind of reading some of the reports, I think Rangers did deserve their win. Um, they had a chance early on with the foe that he, he sclaffed, which to be honest, it it's difficult because for a team like St Mirren who are going to kind of sit in, you saw it against Aberdeen, that, but they were actually very impressive against Aberdeen, I thought, a couple of weeks ago, and they got the win. Um, Rangers were 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 strong. If they take the lead, it's very difficult to go ahead of them. And, you know, the, the free kick from Barisic is 
was worthy of winning any game. But Simran had their chances. Um, I think they hit the post, albeit it was a cross. They had a couple of other chances, but um, they could have had a penalty, um, which I thought they were unlucky with. Um, on another day, that might be given, but um, now Rangers will take that and, and move on to the next game. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Been holding that one in. <coughs> um. <coughs> right. Okay, so a win for Rangers uh, yesterday. Also, a win for Celtic, pretty comprehensive, 3-1 against Hearts. Uh, you almost got that scoreline right. You said 3-0 uh, to Celtic, but it was 3-1. Yeah, Connor Washington, Washington scored a late, well, missed his penalty but fall in the rebound just to uh, scupper my my predictor. But in fairness, um, when I'd seen that one going, I thought it's just typical. It just sums up my, my predictions of the weekend. But um, no, very... Uh, very strong again from Celtic. They're looking dangerous going attacking. Uh, they've got a lot of options. Um, so I think the boy uh, Bale has claimed he's got a double. Could have had about four. Might have only got one, given I think the first one came off of uh, uh, Berra's leg. But again, I think Hearts are struggling to really kind of... They're normally a team... I mean, it's difficult because it's Celtic Park. It's hard to judge a team. But they, they have been given a few hammerings over the years. Um, but again, it could have been a few, a few more than than just the three one. So, I was going to say we'll uh, we've kept the the best till last, but there's nothing best about uh, Kilmarnock nil Aberdeen nil yeah. at the weekend. I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, you went for one nil Aberdeen, but um, you know the stats don't lie. Aberdeen have failed to score against the team at the bottom of the league. Yeah, I think it's hard to still judge what Kilmarnock are all about, in fairness, because it's so early on in the season. Everyone is now expecting them because they're they're probably not going to reach the same heights as what they did with Steve Clark, and I don't think they would even be expecting to. Um, they are a difficult team to beat. You saw it um, a few weeks ago uh, with Rangers. Um, it, it, you know, Rangers took the last kick of the ball to win the game against them on the opening day. They are their stuffy team, but they're well organised. And that's what Alessio, Alessio will be um, will be wanting from them. From Aberdeen's point of view, it's disappointing again. Obviously, it's there's a, a little bit of lack of firepower. There was a few chances, by all accounts. I mean, again, I'm only really going with the highlights, but um, it was a bit of a stuffy game. It was very difficult to see. It was hot. It was you, know, you could blame the conditions all you want. Ended the Aberdeen have still won every game there under Derek McInnes, so you've got to look at that and going. You can't really take that as an excuse, but. It's it's difficult because I I was saying just before I came on air there actually that um you know Aberdeen have actually made the same start as what they did last season and it turned out okay you know there was it was a bit of a patchy season by all accounts but you know it's still very early days and I think you've got to take that as it is you know we can look at Ross County next week who um who obviously took a hammer off at Livingston the Dons will be looking to get a few goals in there potentially they need to get the win that's the most important thing but they want to be playing good football that the fans can really be getting behind Yeah looking at the Aberdeen starting lineup, it was a pretty attacking looking lineup. Wilson mm. and Cosgrove both started but going back to the stats no goals in four of our last five games fair enough Aberdeen have made a similar start to last season you say but how big a concern is the lack of goals at this stage? Um I think a little bit, although, you know, we said this time last year, you know, Sam Cosgrove was 
a non-existent goal scorer. They're relying on Bruce Anderson to come on and you know win. Well, he obviously got the point in the opening day. Remember in the following week at Dundee, he, you know he he is a player that is there that can get goals. You've got to be patient with. I thought Wilson was in spells looked really good actually on Saturday. He, he was you know I know he's adapted to a more wider role potentially, but he's got all that abilities to to make things happen. It's just um, you need to find the right places. You need, you need, you're relying on the likes of Gallagher and uh, well, and Bryson obviously who wasn't that fit, but to kind of really get them up the park, you know. And Hedges when he came on, again the biggest concern I think from the weekend is the fact that Scott McKenna limped off, which is really is concern for Scotland. But it's obviously concerning for Aberdeen as well. So, um, but uh, going back to what you're saying about the, the attacking lineup, you know. I think when you look at Aberdeen's bench, it's very attacking because they don't have much in the way at the back. So, you know, there's been a lot of injuries and so on. So they've got to um, they've got to be patient, I think. I think it's still early days, but um, hopefully they can turn it around and, and soon because then, cause then you don't want to start falling away from the, the kind of the old firm. You always want to be keeping on their coattails for as long. There we go, Dave. The predictor, us showing, as always, how little we know. Yes. <laughs> so on to any other stories we've spotted around Scottish football this week um, Quickly on the weekend results First league win of the season for Peterhead in League 1 And uh, first Cove goal for Fraser Fivey To send them top of League 2 out on their own already, Dave Yeah, the the, the Blue Tune firstly uh, 1-0 victory against uh, 4 for Athletic Very important to uh, get three points on the board because you know they they've been playing kind of in kind of in fits and starts and I know that the gaffer uh, Jim McInally has been saying he thought his his players were were fragile well you know nothing builds confidence like uh, getting victory so hopefully that's the the first of many hopefully the blue tune can rack up a few a few wins on the road as for uh, Cove Rangers uh, what a, what a great start to the season um you know they're they're scoring goals for fun and they just uh, They've really got some real momentum going. Paul Hartley's got them playing some very good football indeed. And great to see Fraser Fivey uh, getting his first uh, goal for Cove Rangers. I know there were more than a few eyebrows raised when uh, Fraser signed. And yeah, if you're with no disrespect to Cove, everybody would agree. I think that Fraser Fivey should be playing at a higher level than League Two, but he's had a very, very tough time of it. Um, Cove are a great club. And if they can hold on to him for longer than the six-month loan deal, that would be a, a terrific uh, piece of business, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, a real last Scottish Cup and FA Cup winner um, playing in the third, fourth tier. Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 had, he's, been, he's been to hell and back through injuries, um, you know, and I sat down and had a chat with him last week, and but he says both knees are, are absolutely fine now. He feels no problems. And I did ask him about the plastic pitch, um, and he says it's fine. He says it's the the best uh, plastic pitch he's he's ever been on. And I I did take a walk out on it, and for a plastic pitch, it looks it, it it is it is pretty decent. It has to be said. So credit where credit's due. They've obviously splashed out on the top of the range um, synthetic pitch. So well, top of the, top of the league so far, Dave. How long do they stay there? I think we'd all love to see them. We'd love to see them into the playoffs. Oh, that would be great. I mean, and, um, are are we being ridiculous thinking they can go and win this league? Um, I wouldn't say ridiculous, but you know, speaking to people at the club, and you know, they're they're not getting carried away. They're saying that their um, their target is to to stay in the division. If they can do that, then I think I think that's a that's a, a realistic target because they don't want to overburden themselves by you know setting their sights 
unrealistically and then getting carried away and then it all blows up but you know the key to a, a good season is making a successful start and then then building on that and learning and improving as you go along but what what a journey for for Cove Rangers it's been absolutely fascinating so elsewhere the other big story that we can't not talk about is the off-field goings on at Ibrox well UEFA announcing a section of no less than 3,000 seats to be closed for the home game against Legia on Thursday night due mm. to sectarian singing. Yeah, well, it, it, it's about time something was done and UEFA have shown that they've got the balls that the the SFA, the Scottish Football Authorities, just do not have because they've done absolutely naff all about it, about all the sectarian singing that we've had to endure from uh, both halves of the old firm, particularly away from home. Um, so it's about time the Scottish Football Authorities fell into line with UEFA and said, right, we're going to really crack down hard on uh, clubs that, that sing these disgusting, disgraceful, unsavoury songs that, you know, they belong in the dark ages and that, that's where they should be banished to. No, well, here's, here's where I stand on it. I think UEFA have the mandate of strict liability, um, which makes it very easy for them to act on these issues. The SFA don't have the strict liability in place and there is seems to be very little appetite from the clubs for strict liability. But I don't believe for a second, and people tell me there's no strict liability, therefore there is nothing the SFA can do. I just don't believe that for a second. No, that's what I mean. You know, the, the, the authorities in this country have been doing nothing about it, paying lip service to a problem... Uh, the problem is still there. UEFA have come in and, you know, unlike the Scottish football authorities who who appear to be scared of Rangers and Celtic, UEFA have come in, don't care who you are, don't care how big your club is, you've broken the rules and it's by no means the first time that you've done it, you're going to close 3,000 seats. Now, if it happens again, it'd be interesting to see what would happen. What do they do then? Do they close a the whole, whole stand? Do they close a the whole stadium? Whole, whole stand in a stadium, I think is the way it goes. But here's, here's the interesting thing for me. I think the Rangers statement that came out last week was possibly more strongly worded than we would have expected. Yeah. Um, but for me, there is no denying that these things go on at Ibrox. We've both been to Ibrox. Yes. And we hear this stuff for 90 minutes. We hear it for... Um, and the statement did, I think, mentioned a minority of Rangers fans. And mm. I think there was a lot of Rangers fans on Twitter suggesting that it's... And it's... I'm sorry, it's not a minority... When you're when you're down at Ibrox, you can't tell me that's a minority of them singing it. No, I mean there's um, there's, there's frequently a poisonous atmosphere was, when you're down there. It's it, not the, nice. The, the statement and the response from some some Rangers fans, I will say, came out and went, "We know that we knew this was coming. Don't know what you're surprised about. We knew this was coming. We've been told don't do it, and they're still doing it." Yeah. But the statement from the club and the feeling from a lot of Rangers supporters groups was almost a feeling of a big boy did it and ran away. Yeah. Well, the the statement that the what is it the 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 bears? What is it they the call union, themselves? Union the union, bear. the union bears. You know they they've put their petted lips on. They've spat the dummy out and you know had to go at the club. Um, you know, are are they feeling guilty? Have they got guilty consciences? Well, it, it, are, it, are these chants coming from them? It's, it, well, it's, it's their section at the front of the Brimland that's been closed. Um, but let's be honest, Rangers. It's taken, and this this is the, I think the difference for me. It's taken UEFA to say you're closing a section. For Rangers, we all knew that was where it was coming from. Yes. We all knew that a lot of what goes on inside Ibrox 
comes from that corner. Mm-hmm. When the same thing was happening at Celtic, Celtic didn't wait for UEFA to do it. They closed the Green Brigade section. Yes. This is, this is not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented for that vocal corner of a ground to be closed by one of Scotland's big clubs. True. Um, Hearts. Hearts have closed sections of theirs. Rangers have had to be told to do it. Will this make a difference, do you think? Uh, well, hopefully it will. I mean, I, I was watching the St Mirren Rangers game. I thought that was the acid test, and I didn't really hear any sectarian stuff uh, being sung at Paisley. Let's hope that that wasn't a one-off. Let's hope that, you know, the... The majority, and it, it is the majority that, that, that don't sing these songs. Let's hope that they can um, point out and weed out the the kind of ringleaders because there are ringleaders that start these songs and then it kind of spreads like like wildfire. So, uh, But, I mean, I was listening to a, a football phone-in on our sister station, Radio Clyde, um, the same night that these uh, this punishment was brought in and there, there was a Rangers fan phoned up and, you know, he he was appalled at the behaviour of his fellow fans and and he'd been abused by, by his own for telling them not to sing these songs. So well, that's it. You, you, you hope... You need more people like that. We've, we've been saying for two, three seasons we've been having this conversation about fan behaviour in Scottish football and you would hope that something becomes a turning point but when you've got managers being struck by objects, bottles being thrown at players, sections of grounds being closed by clubs, now UEFA closing sections of grounds... The disabled section at Rugby Park being broken. Yeah, that, that was that, that was that, that was awful. It's, it, you get to a point and you go, well, surely this this has got to be when fans realise. This has got to be when fans realised, and they haven't yet. Is this going to be it? Mm. So, somehow I can't see it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, somebody somebody could get seriously hurt or worse. And I, I did see finally this before we wrap up. I know we've been going on for a bit, but the other thing I did see was, and I thought, do you know what? Why, why wouldn't they do that? The 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 messages on Twitter and things were saying, well, we, we just won't sing these songs on European nights. Yeah, yeah, and, no, just and, just don't do it at all. They've got yeah, there's no place no, for them the, in Scottish the, football. Yeah, the, the attitude was, and a lot of the messages were, we need to stop singing these songs at European games. No, but, stop singing no, them. You, you need to stop singing them altogether. altogether. There, there are plenty of songs but, that they can sing that don't involve religion, that don't involve having a go at Protestants and Catholics and praising no, the IRA, the UDA, and all that rubbish. But here's the thing. If the Scottish football authorities aren't going to act on it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll behave when you wave in town. You know, I, I, I think, I think if if the Scottish football can't sort it out, um, I can see that maybe the government taking control. That's it. You want and you don't f- want them to step in because stri- strict liability at the moment is Turkey's voting for Christmas. Yeah, is, is the thing. Because and you know exactly what's going to happen. The first club to be absolutely hammered on strict liability isn't going to be Celtic. It isn't going to be Rangers. It's probably not going to be us or any of the Edinburgh clubs. It will be a smaller club that's made example of. Mm-hmm. Abs- and that's why clubs don't want to vote for it. Yeah. No, I agreed. Agreed. And it's it, it's constantly, we pay lip service to it, and then it's just a sea of diversion and whataboutery from everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Clubs saying, oh, but they do it as well. No, it, 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 I think. It's collective responsibility time because I think strict liability, I believe, will come in if the situation isn't sorted. It'll be a last resort, but I think one day it, it, it may well happen if, if you know, the problem isn't tackled effectively. No, well, let's say, just 
Finally, before we wrap up on it, I think I thought last season was as bad as I've seen it in a long time. Um, and we, I kind of hoped that it had all built and built and built to the end of last season and it would maybe just calm down once everyone's got a few weeks yeah. off, going on holiday. Yeah. And it, we seem to have just carried on from where we left off at the end of last year. Yeah, it's crazy. And the, the problem is only going to get worse. And again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is this the image we want for our game? Is this the image that a business wants to come and put their name on? No, it's not. It's, when, it, it's the when, polar when opposite. Labbrooks have pulled out mm-hmm. and we're looking for a new investment. I wouldn't be putting my money against Scottish football at the moment. No, no, I not. Think, I think, which is really, not really the way things are disappointing the moment, for no. me to say because I think the on-field product is about as good as I've seen it in, all, in kind of... yeah. 10, 15 years as long as I've been Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. But there we go. That's my rant over there. I feel a bit Absolutely. better now. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is like therapy, this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. It is, it is, if it, then again, if, if the performances carry on the way they, they are, I'm going to get like a, like a chaise long in the studio and I'm going <laughs> to lie down and tell you all my problems about the Dons. <laughs> well, um, we, we'll have um, somebody in to share our discussions with well we'll be getting them on the line next week something to tell you about folks uh, Willie Garner former Don's defender Willie Garner will be joining us on the show on the Skype because um, he lives down in Edinburgh and we can't quite afford to um, go down and I don't interview him down there oh, wait, next season once the... maybe yeah well, well, I... once the show takes off and the budgets the budgets are increased I'd suggest to the boss we did the show from Rome this week to go and check out the Lazio rumours but that was shot down <laughs> oh yeah, we could have done box pops with the locals. That was my plan, but the boss said no. Sammy Cosgrove, a ballon d'or. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need to work on my accents. Yeah, before before we go to Rome, you need to work on the accent. I right? think so. <laughs> but oh, I have been Alan Davidson. You've been Dave Galloway, and this has been the Red Review. We'll be back next Monday. North Zone One Red Review.